Rise and shine, ladies and gentlemen. It is currently May 21st, and today is a fairly monumental Thursday, at least for the time we're living in right now. What I mean by that, listeners, is all 50 states have officially begun the reopening process, which means it is now time for us to start gauging whether this is appropriate timing or if we're acting a little prematurely. Now, I know this is a fairly controversial subject and to each his own, but we don't have time for bickering today because we have another action-packed episode in store for you. So let's get down to business. That said, welcome back, listeners. My name is Darian Phillips, and I am joined by your co-host, Simran Sandu. And this is today's episode of The 5-Minute Drill, brought to you by F5 Media. Oh, it sure is. And as Darian mentioned, let's get right into it. Now that we're seeing states officially begin to reopen, Apple and Google released some new technology yesterday, which will help governments track the spread of the virus by notifying people via apps if they've been exposed to anyone who has COVID-19. So far, states such as North Dakota, Alabama, South Carolina, and even 22 other countries were provided access to the technology, according to Google and Apple. Well, like I mentioned, it will be important to analyze the effects of reopening as we move forward especially since Beijing recently experienced a surge in coronavirus cases shortly after removing lockdown restrictions. In particular, dozens of new cases popped up on the northeast side of the city, and now Chinese officials are reinstating lockdown measures as the country looks to find a balance between economic recovery and minimizing the chances of a new wave of illness. And as we talk about China, I think it's a great time to mention that the U.S. Senate unanimously approved legislation yesterday that could essentially force Chinese companies to give up their listings on U.S. stock exchanges. The reason for this bill is China has been extremely reluctant to provide American regulators with access to audit records, which is a problem because publicly traded companies are legally required to do so. Safe to say the next few weeks will be interesting for companies like Alibaba and Baidu. And some other news from Capitol Hill comes from Nancy Pelosi, who recently enacted a provision that will allow House lawmakers to vote remotely, which is the first time in the chamber's history. Under the new rule, lawmakers will be allowed to authorize another member who is present in the chamber to cast a vote on his or her behalf. That said, a member present at the chamber can only cast up to 10 proxy votes at a time. Now, here's an interesting fact provided by CNBC. Unite the Country, which is a pro-Biden super PAC, has struggled to raise funding as it only brought in $723,000 for the entire month of April. I just got to say, this might be one of the most unique election years we've ever had. Well, the World Health Organization can definitely relate to a lack in funding, as the group just announced that they have only raised $400 million of the $1.7 billion that it projects it will need this year in order to address coronavirus-related issues. Needless to say, President Trump's recent distaste for the WHO can certainly explain the organization's gap in funding. And if we switch gears over to markets, all major U.S. indexes rose 1.5 to 2% on newfound optimism about the U.S. economic recovery as states lift restrictions and as drug makers continue to try and develop vaccines. And speaking of markets, that new 20-year bond that I mentioned on Wednesday was selling like hotcakes yesterday, listeners. And just for a quick reminder, the government auctioned off $20 billion of the issue, which was priced to yield at 1.22%. And sadly, that $20 billion wasn't enough to give everybody a piece of the pie as investors placed nearly $50 billion in orders for the bond yesterday, according to CNBC. 
And I know you may be getting a little tired of earnings season, but I promise we are on the home stretch and we've just got a few more companies to talk about. That said, Expedia and Victoria's Secret's parent company, L Brands, did not do so hot last quarter. In particular, Expedia saw revenue fall by nearly 15% as a result of the plummeting travel numbers and experienced a net loss of $285 million. On the other hand, L Brands saw sales tumble by 37% last quarter and says it plans to shut down nearly 250 Victoria's Secret stores across North America. So Valentine's Day may have just gotten a little more difficult for you gentlemen. And a quick note for all you motorcycle fanatics out there, Harley Davidson is reportedly planning to cut back on the number of models in order to compensate for the lower production levels given that factories are just starting to reopen, according to the Wall Street Journal. And while you greaseheads may be a little upset, I understand, investors were more accepting of the company's strategy reversal, and as a result, shares rose by 7.3% yesterday. And as we wrap things up, I've got one last story, and it's pertaining to space travel. Sir Richard Branson announced that Virgin Orbit will be attempting its first orbital rocket launch as early as this Saturday. Now, before you go, we've got something for you guys to look forward to. Tomorrow, we will be releasing another special episode where we interview Michael Huber, who is the president and CEO of the Indie Chamber of Commerce. I promise it's going to be a great one, so stay tuned. But with that, we look forward to seeing you bright and early Friday morning as we continue our journey to redefine how you experience news.